Welcome to Government Lovebot. The only podcast whose official stance is you should rate this podcast if you like Will Smith movies or are currently dying. <laughs> I'm D. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Tyler. <laughs> Heck yeah, welcome back. We didn't decide on an order for our topics. No, we didn't. No, I, didn't. I just <laughs> So we'll figure it out. Up. Who who wants to go first? Um I mean, I'm I'm slowly slipping into the void. I can go first. Yeah. Sure, we'll do that before you completely get consumed. Yeah. Um, D, did you rate this podcast since you're currently dying? <laughs> I did. I did. I okay, good. It, okay, good. I gave it six out of five stars. Oh, heck Hell yeah. yeah. Um, listeners at home, if you couldn't tell, I am extremely sick. Very extremely sick. Um, so bear with me. I might need to take a couple breaks to cough my lungs out. Uh, my topic today is the DLCs and expansions that kind of accidentally ruin games a little bit. My 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 big personal I mean all right, let me start with you guys. Do you guys have any examples you want to you want to talk about? I have two and I so mine mine are a little bit off base and so not entirely like ruin the game themselves uh they're more like the effect they have either on gaming as a whole or the series that they're in what does that will that qualify enough or should i think of different ones let me let me let me hear what you got all right so the first one is oblivion with horse armor not because horse armor sucks <laughs> not because it it anything that it has to do with oblivion but because it was the first DLC, meaning we just got a wave of useless and whack DLCs after, because horse armor sold like hotcakes. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's so fair. That uh, that that wasn't what I had had in mind. But no, 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 I I appreciate that. I like that one. Good answer. That's a, that's a pretty valid place to start when you want to talk about DLCs that ruin shit. Pretty valid places are the DLC that started that shit. Yeah, and it's like I I don't personally hate all DLC. Like when I was younger, I kind of did, but like DLC like horse armor could promptly be chucked in the trash. It's not gonna give me anything to the story or gameplay or something actually like really cool. I don't need it. I promise. But I rest my case. That's that's all I've got. Was, I don't. The horse armor did something to the world of video games. Fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, so I guess I can go next, because I actually have two that I think are more in line with this. Um, the first is, uh, it, it might be somewhat contentious, because some people might argue that this game was bad to begin with, but Gotham Knights? Um, I like Gotham Knights. That is the, like, co-op, Batman, looter, shooter, basically. I mean, it's not a shooter, but it's like a looting game. Like, you loot shit. It's it's very strange. Um, and it's not, like, a great game, 
but I have fun with the gameplay. Like, I think the gameplay works for what it is. Uh, and they released DLC that was a Starro mission, right? So Starro the Conqueror, like, if you watch the Suicide Squad movie, it's the star guy who takes over people. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, that's kind of rad. Like, uh, you have to, like, play as the Batman characters and you have to fight Starro guys or whatever, right? Like, that's real cool. And it introduced yeah. 20 missions that you can do after you beat the game. And I was like, oh, sweet. What are these? Terrible combat challenges. Oh, do you not like the... Do you just not like the combat in general? No, here's the thing. I do like the combat. I think the combat's great. The problem is, is the combat challenges are designed for four players. Oh. And only four players. Oh. But you can play them by yourself. Which is what I did. And it is a nightmare. It is terrible. It throws enemies that don't die no matter how many times you hit them. It spams enemies to an outrageous degree. There are times where you have to like basically do an escort mission. And it throws so many enemies at you that like it is nearly impossible to do without getting incredibly lucky by yourself. Like, you have to have, like, insanely good gear and insane amounts of luck to beat some of those levels. You may be saying, well, Tyler, that sucks and all, but, like, at least you get to fight Starro. Right? Right? No. No. You don't fight Starro. In fact, the enemies you fight aren't even Starro controlled. They're just normal guys. Oh, (laughs) they're just the thugs in the back alleys. Every five floors, you fight one Starro guy. Dang, is I mean like I imagine that's like set up as like a boss kind of character though? No, it's just a normal enemy, but it's in a room oh. full of more enemies. Oh. It's it's just one Starro guy. And then on the last level, level 20, you have an escort mission where you have to escort like a tube with Starro in it from one end of this mine thing to another. And they were like, "Okay, so we're going to finally give you Starro enemies." Here's a thousand of them. So you have to push this cart that'll randomly stop and you have to start it back up again, by the way, um, while they just spam Starro enemies at you. And I mean spam them. Like, there's like 40 on top of you. And they all have, like, ability to freeze you and electrocute you and fucking, like, beat the shit out of you. And it's just nonstop. It is a fucking terrible terrible dlc that kind of destroys everything that i do kind of like about gotham knights and like all for no reward because when you beat it you get nothing you get nothing nothing at all in like quick question uh, gotta throw it back to like some of the very early podcasting um did you beat them I did beat all of those levels. So would you consider yourself a good gamer? No, I consider myself insanely lucky, and I know how to choose <laughs> Gotham Knights. <laughs> the The best way I would say for me, the way, the way I did it was I think I played Batgirl, and Batgirl has a drone, and the drone will, like, sometimes distract a couple enemies. So you could just, like, throw that and use that chance to, like, breathe for, like, two milliseconds before you get attacked by, like, 40 more guys. Um, 
so now my my second one, and this is the this is the one that I feel a bit more passionately about because like I just beat it. Uh Spider-Man one for PS4. Oh. Uh I think that that DLC kind of destroys everything I liked about Spider-Man, like the game. Uh not the now I do want to specify it's not the story. The story's fine. Uh it's it's all right. Uh but it's all the other stuff. Um so for the DLC, they introduce new enemies and all of the enemies just kind of destroy and ruin the flow of combat and make combat the most frustrating and annoying it ever is in Spider-Man. Uh because they introduce minigun guys who like don't get stunned by anything. So you just have to sit there and punch them and their Wait. guns stun you every single time. But you don't like can't like web them up like just No, okay, so you you because the idea is to web them, right? But the problem is that they don't get webbed up. They can still attack you after you hit them with your webs. All oh. the webbing does is slow them down and make it so that you can hit them a couple times before they swing at you. Um, They don't get webbed up. You can't stick them to walls like you can with the other big guys. Uh, Your basically best hope is to stun them, um, which is really hard when there's like four of them and they can all just blast you away with a minigun. Um. Yeah, like, the enemies just kind of... The way that they do, like, combat encounters in Spider-Man's DLC kind of just ruin the enjoyment that I felt playing Spider-Man. Because the whole thing that I liked about Spider-Man's combat was that it was fluid. And even when they gave you, like... Even when they gave you, like, difficult combat encounters or combat encounters with big guys that, like, couldn't be webbed up super easily... It still felt like it wasn't stop and start. Like it still felt like it like just kept flowing, uh, and like you had to like use your surroundings. This is like you just like get your ass kicked. Like once you get stunned once, like everybody's kicking your fucking ass. Like that one scene in the game where the Sinister Six are just curb stomping you. Like every combat encounter is that scene. The JoJo like, meme. Yeah, it's and it's fucking insane. Like like I'll like try to grab something and swing it around, and Spider Man does the thing where he grabs it and he spins in a circle. But the yeah. second he grabs it and spins, I just get shot by four dudes and fall over and I don't throw the thing. <laughs> like, and that's like every combat encounter. And I was like getting to the point where like I was using I was just spamming like all my gadgets trying to figure out like what one works. And it turns out that like none of them really work. <laughs> like the the best the best uh item, in my opinion, for the DLC was the web bomb because it webs up like 40 guys so I can take care of the other 40 before I tackle those guys. And it's just like, it's just nonstop annoying combat encounter after annoying combat encounter. And I was just getting game over after game over. And I was like, this isn't even like, like the main game Spider-Man has a difficulty spike in it. That was that I was like, holy shit, this game is a lot harder now, but it still feels manageable. This was a difficulty spike where it felt unmanageable, where I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is way too difficult for no reason. And it's just because they make it so that all the enemies just stun the fuck out of Spider-Man nonstop. And it's like, I can't tell you how many times I died and had to stare at fucking Peter Parker's dumb fucking posing on the loading screen as I loaded back into a combat encounter <laughs> and did it again and did it again and did it again. And I was like, this is this is just horrid. Like, I don't understand 
why anybody would enjoy the combat in terms of the DLC, like what the DLC provides, because I think it's just like it's just not fun at all. Which is disappointing because, as I said, I like the story because Hammerhead's all right. Like it was a pretty neat story, um, and I really liked uh, the suits that they give you for the DLC. Uh, they give you some DLC suits, and some of them are like real cool. Like you get the Into the Spider Verse uh, Peter Parker suit, which was really cool. Um, you also get the uh, that that uh, silver metal armor spider suit from like the 90s cartoon that was really cool and i was like man these are really cool suits i wish the game didn't suck <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i will definitely say that when i got to the end of that dlc it absolutely killed any interest i had in picking up miles morales in two because my initial plan was i was gonna play uh miles morales like i was gonna finish one play miles morales and then take like a short break and then play two at the end of that DLC, I was like, okay, you know what? I'll play it whenever I play it, because I'm just, I'm so frustrated. I don't want more Spider-Man. Okay, well, so, I, yeah. I I just, I'm going to have to beg you. Spider-Man 2 is so good. Like, I, I have to be entirely honest. I did not, like, fully play through the first two. Partially because I don't own them. Partially because I only played a bit of them on, like, friend systems. But getting and playing Spider-Man 2 was so awesome like the i went unnecessarily hard in that game ended up platting it in 39 hours just because of how much fun just playing the game was is chef's kiss understandable yeah. too frustrated but spider-man 2 is like the pinnacle of the spider-man games that have come out no yeah i definitely will still play miles morales and i will still play two it's just it made it so that I don't want to just jump right into them. Like, I'm not excited to just immediately spring into the next Spider-Man game. I'm like, okay, I need a break. I'll get back to this. I just need a break. Like, I'm kind of... It fried me on Spider-Man for a little bit. That's um, fair. Yeah. Uh, all right. Does anybody else have any other examples? I do have my second one. Um, I'm just gonna try to say, go through quick. So, this one goes against, like, what I initially said for Oblivion's DLC, like, what I'd want out of it, but I think it is still kind of, like, important to look at the effects. The final mixes of the Kingdom Hearts games, technically they're not DLCs, sue me, but, like, they're basically it. And while I love the final mixes of the Kingdom Hearts games, I think especially when it came to 2, it kind of harmed uh, 3's release because a lot of people expected everything that was in 2 after its second final mix release to be in Cage 3. And I just don't think that is entirely like a good effect or the effect it necessarily should have had for being this awesome bevy of extra content and secret bosses. I I honestly blame like the final mix version of Cage Two for a lot of why people were so overly hyped for Cage Three. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Uh, that's that, that's all I got. Okay. Uh. So then. Uh. Let me start by bringing up the the post that inspired uh this topic. Uh, it was a post I found on Tumblr 
by uh, Archetype Blasphemy. Um, it talks about uh, this is something I've kind of agreed with uh, for a while, but they really put it into words uh, pretty well. Um, and it's that uh, the Courier Stash in Fallout New Vegas kind of destroys the pacing of the game because, like, when you start the game, you have to go through uh, like the the quests and goods things, uh, including Ghost Town Gunfight. Where you, you have to either defend the town or uh, help, uh, to take over the town, and uh, most people are gonna choose to defend the town because like one side is like clearly posed as like the good side and one side is like clearly posed as like the bad side. It's kind of an easy moral pick, um, and um, it it's supposed to be like a difficult fight. Because you have to take on, like, six powder keggers. Uh, and, like, when you only have the, like, the the wimpy-ass 9mm. Uh, and the, like, the what's basically, uh, like, a BB gun. Uh, it's, it's, like, a difficult fight. Uh, except, if you have Courier Stash, then you get a fucking grenade launcher? <laughs> And you can just dunk, dunk, dunk. Yeah, no, you could end that fight in ten minutes. Like you, like, like less than that. You could end that fight in like two minutes. They when they run in as a group, you just blast them, and the fight's over. <laughs> and then, like later on, uh, you're supposed to like when you're in the Bison Steve, you're supposed to have to take on the enemy with the flamethrower, and it's supposed to be like a difficult fight. But um, grenade launcher, um. And then, you know, like, like when you have to, when you get to, uh, Nipton and you take on, and you like pick a fight or not, um, yeah, when you get to Nipton and you pick a fight with, uh, Volpes, uh, that's supposed to be like a fight you can't win, except grenade launcher, grenade launcher, <laughs> um, had to get all, <laughs> had to really drive home the point. Yeah, they they make they make a good point of it. Like it's something I had kind of had in the back of my mind my last couple times through, uh, New Vegas. Where it's like, wow, this is easier than I remember, and it's because my original copy did not have Courier Stash. It was I had a copy for the PlayStation Three that didn't come with any DLC. Uh, whereas I have since bought it on Steam, and it's the like the like like extended edition or whatever you want to call it and so i have all of that and it kind of be- makes the game kind of broken in a way um but that's not my big example uh my big example instead is actually skyrim remastered uh i you might not want to count it as a dlc necessarily i would i would mostly count a lot of it as like dlc um, it's an addition from the base game. There's really, like, they fix a couple bugs, but I wouldn't necessarily call it, like, a... It's not, like, an HD remake. It's 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 Skyrim again. It's the same Skyrim we've been playing for, at this point, 13 years or whatever, except they added a couple more things. In um, question, are you referring to, like, the special edition that was the PS4, Xbox One release? Uh, I am... 
Yeah, I mean, I have it on the Switch. Um, it's not. I don't know. If they, I don't know if they if it's special edition. It's the one where they added fucking fishing. Oh, then you have like the. I think I, this is like the vi- most recent release yeah. of Skyrim. Yeah, where they added it's a, the a, one where they added <laughs> fucking fishing. They, they added like a a handful of quests and fishing. Yeah, and people ate it up again. <laughs> yeah, who asked for that? Nobody. Like, who, who was like? Who no, was Skyrim like? Man, you fitting. know what I want from Skyrim? Like fourteen gazillion years after it came out, fishing. Oh my Just god! Just go Skyrim play fucking fans. like big math. Bass Pro or whatever the fuck it's called. Like, what the? What are so, you doing? So I got uh I got it on the Switch on sale for like fifteen dollars, uh during like a big a big deal, and then uh I got the like the 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 update that added the fucking fishing simulator or whatever. Uh, after that for like another fifteen dollars. So I didn't pay full price for the fucking game again. You're not gonna fucking get me like that, Todd Howard. Vile man. Um, my big gripe uh, is that they they just start giving you houses. They just start giving you extra houses, and like that probably seems like a cool thing for of them to do. Uh, except, fuck you. Uh, it breaks the game. If it, it, like. Like how so? Okay, so let's say you're playing Skyrim again. Let's say it's it's 2011. You're playing Skyrim for the first time. You fucking you 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 know you wake up in Helgen. You escape the dragon. You end up in Riverwood. They ask you to go see the Jarl. You go see the Jarl. The Jarl sends you to, uh, Bleak Falls Barrow. Then you go back and you give him the tablet. And then there's the dragon situation. You go to the Western Watchtower. You fight the dragon. You absorb the soul. You're on your way back to Whiterun. You get a call from the Greybeards. You get in, you talk to the Jarl, the Jarl's like, hey, thank you, uh, you can be Thane, and also you're allowed to buy a house in the city. Okay. Now, in 2011, if you've never, like, you're playing this game for the first time, you probably aren't being super good with money, because you don't yet have a great concept of, like, how much things are gonna cost in the game. And, like, you find 25 coins, and you're like, god damn, that's a lot of money. Right, so when you go and you talk to uh, uh, Evanichi, I think is the name of the steward that sells you the house, and he's like five grand for the house. You're like, damn, that's expensive. But like, you could you could like easily like work your way up to that amount of money in the game, right? Whereas now, like, mm-hmm. like okay, so you can you can buy that, or uh, and that's um, uh, let me think, what's that one? Um. Uh, I can't think of the name of the house in White Run, but but you you know the one Breeze Home. Breeze Home. Thank you. Uh, I almost called it Windspire, but it's not Windspire. Um, <laughs> Windspire is Windhelm, maybe I don't know. Um, but anyways, okay. So now you fucking you can either. Uh, pay the five grand for Bree's home, right? Or you could drop five grand on uh on it's it's like the like uh like something t- like tundra something, 
it's it's essentially like uh like the hearthfire how like one of the hearthfire houses right except it's already built you don't have to put in any work and it's only five thousand coins oh shit yeah okay all right so so all right let's say you, you don't have the coins for either of those you think oh i'll come back and get it okay there's like a bunch of free houses now so, like, you'll straight up just get a letter in the beginning of the game that's like, hey, I don't like you. I'm, I want to fight you. you I want to challenge you to combat. And you show up to this guy's house and you and you, you fight them. Uh, my, mine was, like, a female warrior. I don't know if it, like, if it changes, if it varies. It, like, definitely implied that the warrior was a dude, I think. Maybe I'm imagining it. Um, but... Anyways, uh, you fight the warrior, and then, like, you get, like, you get, like, a whole fucking mansion. Like, this huge house. It's got a bunch of, like, potions and shit in it. It's got a bunch of, like, cool shit in it. And you, like, you inadvertently, like, break the game by, by going, by getting all these cool houses, getting all the fucking soul gems and ingredients and potions that are already in them. Getting the, like, bits of, like, getting the, the bits of, like, jewelry that are in them. Like, the it's like game... the mod houses that that people would mod into the game. Yeah, so you can just start with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's like on one hand, like cool if they had, had if they had added like one or two, or if they had updated the houses that had, that were already there. I'd be like, oh, that's so awesome! That's so cool! That's sweet! But they're just like giving you all these houses now. Mansion time. It yeah, like like. The fucking, the amount of, like, the amount of wealth as a character you would have in these games, when you, like, think about all of the property you own, all of the fucking gems that you probably have just hanging out in your backpack, all the fucking coins that you've been collecting, because, you, you of course, you fucking pick all the locks and all the chests and take all the fucking stacks of 38 gold coins and four gold rings or whatever, like... You just, like, it breaks the game. Like, you have so much fucking, like, money, and you have so much fucking space to throw all your shit to, like, stash up your, your, your stuff to sell. Like, I don't know. I, I would like to raise this point, though. How much does it break the game when it kind of plays into the exact design philosophy of Skyrim and Bethesda lately? Power fantasy. Power fantasy to the extreme, even if that's being given m mansions for free and a bunch of wealth that you could never acquire in real life. You can do it in Skyrim, so buy it again. I don't think when the game first came out, it was necessarily all power fantasy. I do think that as time has gone on, it has become more and more power fantasy oriented. Um, Skyrim was definitely like the tip of the iceberg in terms of like giving you games that were just power fantasy. But I don't think it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. So on one hand, like I get, yeah, you're 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 kind of right in that like Bethesda is is solely invested in the idea of like making you feel good so you keep buying the game. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think it is true to the character of the Skyrim that I knew in 2011. 
Fair. Cheers. I honestly couldn't have, couldn't have said or added anything onto that. That's very fair. Yeah. I I feel that. Okay. I'm going to uh, expire in the corner. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did want to mention uh, one more that real quick that I thought of, and that's Watch Dogs Legions. Uh, I like Watch Dogs. I've always been a fan of Watch Dogs. I really like Watch Dogs too. Watch Dogs Legions, the gimmick was that there's not a main character. You recruit people from around the city, and they're kind of like all, they're supposed to be like randomized. It's like, oh, this person, like, uh, like the way they portray it is like, oh, this person has this and this skills, and they can get into like construction sites or whatever. And it's like, oh, wow. So now this person, I recruited them, and now they are a player character. That's, that's the idea. But uh, it turns out that like all the characters are boring except for the DLC one. So, like, the, all the characters you can recruit are, like, if I hit random on the game, The Sims. And they sometimes, <laughs> like, and, like, their abilities suck because they're just, like, he can uh, run slightly faster. Or he can, like, do, he can, like, dr- uh, like driving a car, um, he can, like, uh, the car can take more damage or something stupid like that. Like, these really minor things. Um, and then the DLC are like, uh, this guy is like a, in a motorcycle gang, so he has access to like a bunch of this stuff. And it's like this guy is like a a, a master hacker, so he can uh, he can call in his own cargo drone, which will like help you get to high places for like uh for missions or whatever. It's like this guy has like this like all these DLC characters have all these cool things, and none of that stuff is in the game. So it's like. If you want to play as any of the cool characters, you have to pay for them. And it's like, <coughs> well, that defeats the purpose, because now you just stick me with the boring shit. Like, that's so stupid. I don't know. It it really pissed me off, because I like that game, and it would have been cool. Because there is, like, a couple cool characters that you can get. Like, you can get, uh, you can randomly find people who are getaway drivers, so that they're, like, they're better, they have better car skills. Okay. Um, And I think that and I think that, like, that's really cool. And, like, you can also find, like, a guy who's a magician and he can hypnotize people to fight for you. And it's like, wow, that's really cool. I wish there was more of that and less, like, this guy's a construction worker. He has a nail gun. <laughs> cool. I can 3D print an AK-47. Like, what? <laughs> Why would I need a nail gun? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stick your opponents. Yeah, by the way, Nailgun sucks in combat, so it's not even good. <laughs> That's true in real life as well. Yes, that is true in real life. I don't know. I think if you were, if somebody came up to you and shot you with a nail gun, it'd be pretty effective. This is always happening. There's a safety guard on the front that you have to compress before you can fire it. Yeah, but it's not that hard to... Like, I, you if just you tape legit, it down. Yeah, you, no, just, you no just joke, like... Down. No joke, like that's exactly how you do it. No, the pressure of the nail actually blows the tape clean off. That's if you're not using good enough tape. I don't. I, it was I've, duct taped. I mean, I mean, it would be duct taped if somebody tried that. I'm gorilla sure. tape, the best tape. I don't agree the, with them making the, tape out of gorillas. Well, I don't agree with them making tapes out of ducks. Could be worse. Did you know Flex Seal is literally <laughs> made out of uh, 
uh, Phil Swift's dead skin. <laughs> what? <laughs> the fuck did you yeah, just he, say? He, <laughs> yeah, he sheds his skin like a lizard, and that's how they make. D, D, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna bring my plans with Tyler for assassination to you. We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna Uno reverse this shit onto Tyler. That, that was the most out of pocket Listen, thing I've ever heard. I, I had to reveal to you the truth. All right, <laughs> I can't hide it any longer. What? Silence him! Silence him! <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm mentally scarred now. Thank you. Yeah, all right. So I guess uh, we can move on to our second topic, which is yeah. perfect because so- I am talking about the uh, Phil Swift skin. <laughs> nope, nope. Since we're on the nope. topic of video games, <laughs> stop making me laugh at her. No, but if you actually want to go, Tyler, you're free to go for uh, second. No, you can go on, Nick. I think I, think I, uh, I think I can wait now. <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not. Uh, you want to hold off on yeah, the I Phil Spencer? I need some time skin? to process. I need some time to process this conspiracy. <laughs> well, <laughs> since we are or were very much were on the topic of video games. But I guess we'll slide into mine, where I'm just going to ask us to talk about our least favorite video games. You know, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know, I tend to do a lot of favorites. I don't know, like giving you viewers an insight on our likes and dislikes. Now let's hear some dislikes. Peeps, what are your least favorite video games that you've ever played? Whether it's one or two of them, you know, if you've got some that you just... Played and you regret every moment of it. Now's the time to drop them. Can we pause one second? I googled Phil Swift because I was going to see if I could find a meme picture of him. And one of the people also ask section says, Did Phil Swift serve in Vietnam? <laughs> and I was like, Huh? So I clicked on it and the, this is, this is real. This, is, this isn't true, but this is real. Somebody really wrote this. He fought in Vietnam, earning the nickname Indestructible Phil for his 100. Thousand plus confirmed kills with little more than his bare hands. <laughs> Dear God, the Phil slip, the Phil Swift lore is deep. Yeah, I don't. I, I just I got distracted by that. I don't, know, I don't know what to say. Anyway, yeah, least favorite video games. Yeah, least favorite video games. Do you peeps have like games that you played that you just regretted playing? I know for me this is a little bit tough because, like, I generally have a good handle on my tastes of video games. Like, I generally could look at a game and call out, like, I'm probably not going to like that and then not get it. There have been games that have surprised me that was like, oh, I actually like this far more than I thought it would. But I rarely end up playing games that I just would outright not like to play at all. I have a lot. I uh, well, I, I I have a big one. I don't know if, if, if Tyler go wants for to it, like. D. Uh, all right. My 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 big one is uh, Homefront. What's that? Oh yeah, Homefront. It's 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 basic. It's just basically propaganda. I'll be real with you. The <laughs> the, the stories that like it, 
it's communist, right? Is it communist take over America? Is that it's, the game? Is that the gimmick? It's uh, North Korea managed. Oh, North Korea to launch an invasion on the United States, uh, and take over, <laughs> and uh, they, uh, like make loving freedom illegal or whatever. And one man <laughs> is the only one who can stand up yeah. and like gun down all of the invaders. Uh, yeah, this, this is Red Dawn, the video so game. Cringe. I just googled. I googled it to see like what the cover looked like, and the cover is like a dude with like a like a like a blindfold on. The blindfold is, I believe, the North Korean flag, and it says "Home Front." Home is where the heart is. But the heart is crossed out, and it says "war" underneath it. Home is where the war <laughs> is. Dude, war. what is this war shit? Never changes. It's, it's, it's this looks like a much... shitty YA novel. <laughs> no, you're so right, though. It is like it's very obviously like it is anti North Korea propaganda. This is like right when like tensions were really, really starting to build again with North Korea, uh, and. This game was like, I believe, an early development going to be about like an alien invasion, if I'm remembering the story correctly. Uh, I'll take a look what you talk. And then they got like development help from the government, and it ended up, uh, it ended up being this like, uh, this very very cringy, very fucking stupid game about. Being being a lone wolf badass who fights off the evil communists with just good old American firearms. The fact that this get that this got like uh, governmental funding throughout its first development just makes me think of the U.S. Air Force constantly sponsoring like IGN video game ads just to try to get the gamers to join the military. Yeah, no, it's 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 pretty insidious. Actually, the the U.S. Army is like heavily involved with like like first person shooters, like like the Call of Duty. Or... I believe it. I believe it. According to Wikipedia, so take this with a grain of salt. But uh, the original antagonist of Homefront was actually supposed to be the Chinese. Oh. But uh, they they were worried that they were going to make Chinese ang- the Chinese angry, so they switched it to North Korea because I guess North Koreans don't play video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, they aren't allowed but, video games. So. Oh my god, there's a soundtrack, and the soundtrack includes some of like the most like like in your face obvious war music I've ever seen. War Pigs by Black Sabbath and Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> Shut the. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, dude. All right, but like, right. but like, Fortunate Son kind of hit. Yeah, but it's it's also just like, like so cringe because it's such an obvious military song, or like such an obvious song to do when you're trying to do like war is hell. Like, you know okay, what I mean? Okay. The thing that kills me is that like, Fortune Son is an anti-war song. Like yeah, it's about how they don't know that war never changes. <laughs> right. They don't. They don't know that. <laughs> no, you're so right though. Like, they, they don't fucking know that. Oh, it's a cover. It's not even the oh, actual yeah, they're, song. They're all, it's a cover. They're all covers. Yeah, by a band called The Ghost Inside. Um, Whoever they are. That ghost is wearing a. 
MLG Pro Gamer! Boom! Headshot! So, uh, yeah, LGBT Pro Gamer, or whatever. Okay, that's all I had to say. <laughs> oh, that's great. I wonder, right. did it even, do you remember, did you ever play it? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I played it. I owned a copy of it, like, is it, is it any good as a shooter? No, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> okay. It's one of those cover shooters where it's like, it's like, oh yeah, you're covered, and then you die, and it's like, oh, you weren't covered, actually. And you're like, cool, thanks. Oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> That's so crazy. I was just, like, looking on its Wikipedia page, and, like, some of the shit about it is, like, insane. Like, reading about, like, with the plot of the game. Like Kim Jong Un successfully led a peaceful reunification with South Korea, leading to the birth of the Greater Korean Republic. To become a nuclear armed state. In 2022, conditions in the United States worsened with the collapse of the financial system. It's it's very it's very much like uh it's it's very much the like libertarian wet dream. Of like, uh, our our like our monetary system is broken and it's gonna collapse, and that's and the Koreans are gonna invade, and that's why we all need to like buy guns and invest in gold. Yeah, this is literally the great the GKR Greater Korean Republic. They invade because they basically EMP all them liberal technologies out of existence. So they EMP all your technology. So you have to rely on uh, your guns. Yeah, good old-fashioned American firearms. Oh my god. they uh, The western states are under GKR occupation. Uh-huh, that's, that's, you're a little on the nose there, aren't you? The western states. Uh-huh. Well, we've we've clearly thrown Homefront under the bus. It is out of here. <laughs> yeah, for real. Fuck out of here, Homefront. <laughs> you are not at the front or in my home. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> that was a tor- terrible joke. But Tyler, you got? Do you have a game that you've played that's just like has you? regretting every moment that you played the vid- this video game? Where do I start? <laughs> uh, I guess a big one is Madden. All of them. Not a single one of them. They're all bad games. Real. Real. Like, I genuinely Real. don't understand why I played, like, why I bought, I bought four of them and p- played a significant amount of three of them. Like, they are so frustrating because it's not fun football uh and it's not a fun sim game and it's like microtransaction hell you want to talk about microtransaction hell look at fucking online sports games ridiculous like it is it's terrible it's like absolutely horrendous stuff and like i just kept playing them for some reason and i remember i was playing last year's game and i was getting so angry like i was ready to like fucking like throw my controller through a window or some shit 
And I'm like, this is so frustrating. And I just was like, this is like an abusive relationship. Like, this game gives me nothing, and I keep giving it my money. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Like, this is so stupid. And I uninstalled it, and I refunded the game, because I just got it, like, two days ago. So within two days, I was already, like, frustrated out of my mind at this game. I was just like, this was such a waste. Like, like these games are so fucking bad. And yet people just keep buying them. And I'm like, what enjoyment are you getting out of this? Because they're not fun. They're not good Sims. They're bad. Like, I, you could scroll through TikTok and find 4,000 compilations of this is why Madden is trash. It's like, yeah, it's trash. And you just, like, keep buying it. Why would they improve it if you keep giving them millions upon millions of dollars for doing nothing? You should yeah. be giving me millions upon millions of dollars for doing nothing instead. Yeah. Because I'm also doing nothing, but at least I could use it. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. That's definitely one of them. I have, like, so many other ones, though. Like, I regretted ever playing Destiny 2. Destiny 2 is like if you took Destiny 1 and made it more boring. Oh, I, I actually enjoyed Destiny 2, but I also got I did not free. like Destiny. That's fair. If you got it for free, you probably enjoyed it a lot more. That's why I enjoyed Destiny 1, because I basically got that game for free. Um, with all of its DLC and stuff. But it's just like, man, the more I play, like, every time I would play Destiny 2, I was like, this is literally, like, the worst. <laughs> like, I do not find any enjoyment in this. Um, as compared to Destiny 1. Um, uh, what are some other ones? Nick, why don't you say something while I think of ones off the top of my head that I have? Well, this is perfect, because I actually have one that I can say. And I have to preface this. I don't hate this game. Like, it is definitely a good game. It's well-made. And, like, there's a reason why it has a good following. But I just cannot be a big fan of Rainbow Six Siege. I enjoy playing it with friends. Agreed. Hard stop. Like, like, literally just the act of gaming with friends is fun, so it carries it through. But I could not ever consider picking up, like, going and just sitting down and playing Siege by myself. Mainly because there's just... I'm bad at shooting games in general. Like, there are times where I can get kills. But my general default state in Rainbow Six Siege is sitting there, spectating. Because, of course, it's search and destroy for, like, the main game mode. I'm pretty sure you could do, like, team deathmatch and stuff. But it's like, the game is search and destroy. Rainbow Six Siege. And I'm not good at that. So when I die, I sit there and I watch. And if the game is, like, fairly even between both sides, that's, like, seven rounds that you have to sit through. Like, a 40-plus minute game. That you get to go in, set up, or I get to go in, set up, and then get dropped from, like, a tiny crack because somebody's got a beautiful head glitch lean trick going on. And I'm just like, ah, yes. There's somebody in the hallway. Get them, friends. Oh I don't God, know. Nick, you literally, like, I feel the exact same way about it. Like, where it's like, Wow, I died immediately. Now I get to sit here for 20 minutes and watch you guys sit behind cover and occasionally lean out. Yeah. And it's like, I can acknowledge that Rainbow Six Siege is like, it is a very well-made game. Like, there's clearly a lot of effort into it. There's a lot of, like, very good gunplay. Like, 
I can acknowledge that it's a good game. It's just not the game for me. It's not like I'm not a huge FPS fan in general. And if I got to sit there watching my friends play FPS games, oh, it, it gets a little boring, a lot boring because those games can be forever. That's one of those games where it's basically like you're basically watching a Twitch stream because you're going to die early and then just sit there and watch the rest of the game. Yeah. And like it is satisfying, and I feel good when I get kills. Don't get me wrong. Like when I get when I get kills or I get a few kills throughout the game, I'm like, yeah, I'm him. But that lasts until the very next game, where oh, I find out I'm actually not him, and I suck. <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was my game, uh, my first one that I have off the top of my head because I don't know, it's just. Not me. Do y'all got any others? I have one more I want to call out, and this one I have Seething Fury at. Okay, I have I have two more. One's a quick one, and then one's another. Well, one's one that I have Seething Fury as as well. Oh heck yeah! So, uh, the quick one I want to mention is Fire Emblem Conquest. Um, Conquest is terrible. Uh, I don't like it at all. <laughs> so when they made so they made Fire Emblem Awakening, right? One of my favorite games of all time. Uh, for the sequel of that game, they decided to make Pokemon. Uh, they decided to they basically decided <laughs> to do a Pokemon strategy where they made three versions of the game, right? So the story is like you can you there's like two warring families, and you can either play Birthright and go with uh, one side Conquest and go with the other. Or get the third one, which I forget the name of it, but uh, it was the neutral path, right? Like, it was the canon path or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, Conquest was the path where instead of going with, like, the really nice, uh, like, these, like, Eastern samurai-inspired people, they're really nice. You stay with this, like, really evil, like, Black Knight family or whatever, right? Like, family of, like, Black Knights and stuff. So you have a lot more, like, medieval-style ones as opposed to, like, the like samurai style classes um and yeah, the concept Western of conquest is it's yeah sorry and then like the concept is supposed to be that um birthright is easy uh conquest is hard and then the neutral path is like a medium like a normal mode but uh, these are conquest, separate games they're separate games my desk wasn't against the wall, I'd do that flipping the table meme. That sounds awful. Why would you want easy, yeah. medium, and hard difficulties split between your games? Yeah, and the thing is, is they have different stories, kind of, because, you know, like, good, evil, neutral, right? Yeah. So, I played Birthright, and I liked it, but it was kind of easy. But I was like, okay, that's fine, I like it. And then I was like, well, I'll play Conquest next, right? And Conquest is, is it's more difficult, I won't lie, it's more difficult. That's not the problem. The problem is that the story's terrible because it's like the worst thing ever because it's pretty much like 14 chapters of listening to your siblings commit horrible crimes against humanity while your character goes, oh man, these guys are kind of bad. I wish I went with the other guys. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> I know. I wish I did too, but I have to play this mode. It's so like, it's just so bad. Like, it is like, like you like and the problem is is also playing it after birthright you like you get attached to some of the characters and it's like oh cool now i get to watch them get publicly executed by 
the the night Nazis. Cool, that's fun. Like this is really enjoyable. Yeah. I love this. Let's go. I really like this. I like the part where they're abusive towards one of the one of their like one of their like uh people or whatever, like one of the servants or whatever. I really like that. It's really fun. And it's like this is terrible. Like I don't These are the protagonists like, get, of my video game. Like I get that like there's some charm to like the evil route in games, but it's like this is like so far in the opposite direction that it's like holy shit, like this is so uncomfortable. Like it gets to the point where I was like I'm not going to finish this. Like I can't do it. <laughs> this is too uncomfortable. I don't like I don't like playing this game anymore. What's a matter, liberal? Can't handle a little bit of war crime. I kind of <laughs> lost it when, like, a character I like, like, you literally hear her die. Like, you hear her, like, a character I like from Birthright, you have to listen to her get executed. And it's like, you know what? I think I'll pass. I'll pass on this. Tyler, how did you just, how did you not break at all? Bro? That was fucking hilarious. Out of nowhere. What? What's wrong, liberal? You can't handle the war crimes? Dude, that was glorious. You delivered that perfectly. <laughs> Listen, if the modern day has taught me anything, it's that liberals 100% can handle war crimes. <laughs> Correct. True. <laughs> they oh they too. Every fucking day now, it seems. <sighs> yeah. What's the matter, That's libertarian? Can't handle age of consent law? <laughs> 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 uh yeah um and then uh the one that is my my seething anger uh is pal world oh man watch out be careful the pal world stands are still out there dude i know <laughs> but like i f i fucking hate pal world <laughs> it's such a bad game it's like the worst of everything all in one like remember a lot like a couple of episodes ago at this point probably when i said Kazette beast is pokemon made for me uh this is like if pokemon was made for the evil version of me like evil scott from fucking scott pilgrim versus the world it's the alternate universe like, terrorist tyler that made an appearance in like episode 10 or some shit yeah, exactly. Like everything about that game is bad. It's glitchy as fuck. Like it's fucking horrendous. The Pokemon don't mean anything and like the battling system sucks. It's got the stupid arc survival crafting system which sucks. It has my least favorite thing about cuz I don't like survival games a whole lot, but it has my least favorite thing of all survival games which is like filling your screen with meters where it's like hunger, thirst, heat, cold, health, <laughs> XP. Like, oh my god, please, no more meters. I can't handle any more meters. It looks like my fucking car dash. But like, you Jesus can Christ. you can make your little battle pets work in concentration camps. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's also like really weird that you like like brutally enslave these things and can make them work through injuries and shit. And it's like really, you really weird. You can also fire. You can also capture humans and it's just like <laughs> It's fine. Like, you don't get in any trouble for capturing humans, enslaving humans. And then, like, the game will sometimes be like, that's, that's kind of bad. And it's like, no, 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 you should punish players <laughs> for doing this. This is criminal. Like, this is insane. Uh, the monster players. designs all suck. They look like bootleg Pokemon. Um, some of them are just, like, pathetic. Like, I remember we talked about 
the furry bait one that is just like the most infuriating <laughs> thing ever. It's a it's a like supposed to be a sexy looking lizard, and it's number sixty nine in the Pokedex, and it talks about how it wants to <laughs> fuck humans. Like, come on, you are trying too hard. In its defense, in its it defense, in its defense, it is kind of bad. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It literally they know what the did. players want, did Tyler? They were Dude, not the cowards. Pokedex literally says it's so kinky, basically, that the other Pokemon <laughs> don't want to mate with it. That's what it says. And I'm just like, you are trying too hard. Pokemon does it, and they're not even trying. No, they're giving us exactly what the players want. <laughs> I so, never thought I would crave Gardevoir <laughs> thirst more than I do when I play that game and I see that Pokemon. I was like, oh my god, I miss when people liked Gardevoir. <laughs> no, people still like Gardevoir, don't worry. <laughs> exactly that's what i mean though like i was like i miss when pete when gardevoir was like the big thing but yeah like everything about power world i just think it's a fucking terrible game and i honestly don't see any like a lot of people are like oh but it's pokemon with guns and it's like the guns all suck they all feel like pea shooters like they have no oomph to them um it, it's so hard the- to get them like it takes like 12 hours of gameplay before you get a pistol. It's just, you, it's. You can give the Glock Lock 9000 to the furry bait uh, Pokemon. No! Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, like, and I think, like, the moment that really set in, like, my pure hatred for this game is because my friend likes Power. So I, I, I play it because I want to be nice because they're my, they're my good friend and they, they want me to play games with them. I'll play games with them, right? So I've played a de- like a, a decent chunk of this game, right? And the one thing I wanted was I wanted that big yellow dude with the minigun from the trailer. Because I was like, he's cool. He's the reason I'm interested. Well, I got him. He sucks. Yo, bo- bosses to playable, his, playable bosses moment. His minigun is a pea shooter. <laughs> it does like no damage and it runs out of ammo so quick and then when it runs out of ammo you have to sit there for like 10 minutes while it recharges because it's basically like a move and i was like this is so like i finally got this and this is what i get the shiny pokemon there's no shiny pokemon you wonder what shiny pokemon are nick they're the normal pokemon but slightly bigger <laughs> they're called like supremes or some shit like that or like, or like super pals or whatever. Supreme, but they're basically shiny Pokemon. They have like little, these, they, they, Pokemon. <laughs> they literally have sparkles next to their icon image, and they're like a a shiny Pokemon. Legit, it's like they took the the character model and just kind of extended the image so that it's bigger. It's oh so god. pathetic. <laughs> oh. oh my god! There's just like. And the Pokemon, you don't control them ever, so, like, there's no strategy or whatever. You just kind of throw them out and watch them ram their face into another enemy. Hell yeah. Like, for, like, two minutes. It's, it's so fucking bad. What a terrible game. I fucking hate Power World. Uh, definitely, um, definitely one of my least favorite games of all time. <laughs> all right, now you can go, Nick. I'm, I'm talking about the, the sexy list. I have, uh, <laughs> I have one more. To throw yeah, I was going to say before. Before before I dive into my last one that I also have some rage for D, got some. Uh, Far Cry Five. Oh, oh, that's rough. That's my favorite one. Uh, <laughs> I fucking hate Far Cry Five. It is the Fair. it is the game that is the most. There is always something fucking happening. There is no yeah, like breathing that's... room. Like. 
I mean, like, I don't know. I get that it's supposed to be, like, action-packed, and that, like, you're not supposed to have too much downtime. Because, like, when you have a whole lot of downtime in a game, you start, like, noticing the cracks and noticing the problems. But also, like, sometimes you'll, like, you'll be driving down the road, and you'll, like, you'll stop to, like, to, like, help uh, somebody who's under fire, and then, like, 40 more vehicles with enemies will show up, and you'll get into, like, an hour-long firefight, and then, like, you'll be driving away, and then another enemy vehicle will come up out of nowhere, crash into you, wreck your vehicle, and then start another hour-long firefight. It takes forever to get fucking anywhere in that that whole fucking game. <laughs> like, and the boss, the the boss fights are, like, like, weirdly fucking difficult and arbitrary for no fucking reason. Like, I just, fuck, like, I liked Far Cry 3. That was the game that I got introduced to the series with, and it was the only good one, I think. That's, yeah. As somebody who uh, likes Far Cry 5, everything you said is just true. Like, like, I like Far Cry 5, but I admit that, like, it has issues. But you're 100% right, especially the second I agreed with you most was the bosses. All the bosses suck. Like, one's a plane battle that sucks. One's a weird, like, sniper battle that sucks. One is, like, a hallucinogenic, like, doom game, basically, that sucks. Yeah. And then the last one is just a big firefight that sucks. It's it's pretty bad. Like you're not wrong. <sighs> That's all. As I have some- to- yeah. I mean- <laughs> As somebody who's not played Far Cry games but have them in my extensive backlog, um, damn. That's rough, buddy. Um, <laughs> That's all I've got. I recommend Far Cry Three. I recommend Far Cry Three. I think it's the best one. I think it makes. I think it's the game that works the best in the series. It has its problems. Like, it's definitely got, like, a white savior thing that is, like, I'm not I'm not cool with. I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> but I think that, like, I think it's, I think it's better than, like, quite a, I mean, like, I think it's quite a lot better than five, is, is what I'm saying. Fair, fair. I think I just have like a bunch of them. I don't. I don't know. I'd have to look at my my games. I think the consensus here, Nick, is don't play four. <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear. Yeah, because yeah. nobody, nobody even brought it up. <laughs> nobody even mentioned that one. I have not played enough of four to like pass judgment on it. I've I've played uh I've played two. I've played three. I have played five. And uh and oh I played uh blood dragon or whatever yeah i uh, beat four the four was one of the first games i got for my xbox when i say i beat it i mean i got the ending where you sit at the table eating crab rangoons for 20 minutes <laughs> and then the game just gives you like a quick joke ending and then i never played it again <laughs> that's so real that's also how i would be getting out of situations 20 minutes I, of crab no countries. I ate some crab rangoons and then like spread some ashes or whatever and then i left and it was like credits cool Hell yeah, game beaten. But alright, I've got a game that to this day makes me angry because there's no reason for it. EA's Battlefront 2. Why? Dear God. Did they even bother remaking that game? The original Battlefront 2 for PlayStation 2 was a gem. 
It's fucking awesome. Like, I'd play it right now if I just could slapped on a an emulator. And then I was so excited when they're like, we're making Battlefront 2 again, guys. It's gonna be kick-ass. Then it wasn't. I still haven't gotten over that shit. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was just this shitty, like, multiplayer Battlefront 2 where it's also like, yeah, only, like, two people in the entire lobby can actually become any of the cool fucking characters in Star Wars that you actually want to play as. Mm. Mm. It grinded my gears. I wanted to play as Darth Vader, not fucking Jermaine 69420 over there. I got What's wrong stick- with Jermaine 69420? <laughs> I got a stick as a goddamn stormtrooper because somebody else played better than me and got to be the fucking Jedi or the Sith. Can I ask you something? Hmm. Do you think that Darth Vader wants you to control him? Be real with me. Damn, I didn't expect to be attacked like this. I'm just, I'm just like, <laughs> if you were Darth Vader, who would well, you if, want to control if, you? If I was Darth Vader, I would definitely want to control myself. But I suppose I see your point. Like, I'm not going to be murdering younglings, but like, I could totally fuck up the enemy players as Darth Vader. Like, I think the times that I did play this game. And, like, this is predominantly, like, a multiplayer Star Wars game. I think out of all the times I've played them, I got to play as one of, like, the main story characters. The characters you actually want to play as, like, three times. And one of them was fucking Han Solo. So, no, I didn't even get to use a lightsaber. I was so pissed. Especially old, when, like... What? I say old Hank Solo. <laughs> boy, I, boy, I tell you what. Now that boy, I'm from. It's just you know. You know what's what's funny, Nick is uh, like for a long time I never played the original Battlefront games, so I was like, when I would play like them, I'd be like, like when I play like the new ones, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Like these are these are all right shooters. And then my friend had me play Battlefront two, and I was like, holy shit, this game's actually good. What the fuck was EA on? Yeah, like it didn't even have to be a multiplayer game. It could have been single player, and it still would have been so good. The original was like couch co-op, and I swear to God, playing it with one friend was way better than like the mass multiplayer shit. Like I played with like Star Wars Battlefront 2 or whatever. And like, you're right, like you never get to play as the heroes. Meanwhile, me and three of my friends, we played Battlefront 2 literally like two days ago. We played Battlefront 2 because my friend Joey loves to play that friend of the podcast. In front of the podcast, Joey. Uh, Joey. Yeah, he, he loves to play that because he's a huge Star Wars fan. And um, we played it, and like I noticed that every round, every single one of us got to play a hero at least once. Every yeah. single one of us got to play a hero at least once. And not the heroes didn't all, weren't always good. Like sometimes like Leia sucks, but like sometimes yeah. you get to play as Luke. And like we were having fun. Like me and my friend were making jokes about because like me and my friend George were like so insanely good as a team for some reason that we would like like push them back to their last point and they would just like be swarms of rebels just pushing the empire at this one point and I was like this is so fun and then like you go to like the other thing and it's like you go to EA's one and it's like wow I got sniped again it's across like, the map again 
Oh man, I can't. Yeah, and I think it's wild because like the original Battlefront Two by Lucas Arts, I believe, was like the publisher, the developer. Um, they had like a bevy of of game modes too. Like you had a story mode. You had like galactic takeovers where you would be going from planet to planet and fighting against your galactic enemies to take. Oh my god, it was so cool! And then also you could just play like casual like team deathmatch type things where you go to like Moss Eisley and you can just choose any of the heroes or villains. You can just have everybody running around as uh, as some sort of Jedi or Sith, and it's now- so cool. To be fair, Nick, that game mode does exist in Star Wars Battlefront 2. I guess I guess that's fair. I got Yeah. I, it plays it plays like Rainbow Six Siege, where when you die you have to watch the rest of the round. Wait, are you are you fucking with me? Like actually? No, I'm serious. I'm serious. once you die you have to watch the rest of the round. It's like a it's like a like a team like that game. I didn't. I, I'm being honest. I didn't even get that far. I played like a couple dozen, few dozen matches, and I decided I was done. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't dude, like look around. I too checked much. out when I checked out when they added a uh, hit hero character Nyoinyub. Who? <laughs> Do you know who Nyoinyub is? No. Do you know the weird, the weird wrinkly alien with Lando in Episode Six that? co-pilots the falcon with him in like the in like the final space battle that's Nyoinub. oh my god a character <laughs> i hardly fucking remember it's the the epic hero Nyoinub. that's the most fucking gold shit out shit i've ever heard in my entire oh my life. it's so is <laughs> i can't i didn't think i could dislike this game more i thought i'd already thrown it in the trash and just like been done with it but nah yeah, rage is rebuilt Holy shit! Fucking Ewing, yeah. Yeah, that that's. But yeah, I played some of that game, and like, I don't know. It's also just like my. It's also just EA hell. Like, every like costumes are like for forty dollar DLC basically. Uh, it's pay to win because these cards are like fucking gives you boost or whatever. It's pay to win. The loadouts all suck. Like, there's just nothing good. You can't even play it in third person, which was like one of my favorite parts about the the original battlefront 2 like it's just it's just it's bad yeah yeah i was i was miserable when that came out all those years ago i don't i was not a fan of Nyoi nub why is it why is the gift titled oh yeah daddy something what (laughs) just look at it (laughs) i'm going i'm looking it's just it's just him no, I don't fucking like that. <laughs> Where is this? Pokemon and PS. I, the first thing I see are the egg, is the eggplant with tits, and I'm very confused now. <laughs> oh, that was me, sorry. Oh! Yeah, I didn't even fucking remember this guy! I have no, I have no clue who this man is. My favorite part is it's a gif of him shaking his head, and at the bottom it just says, oh yeah, daddy likes that. <laughs> I don't know. Who made this gif? Who made this? Uh, feel free, if listeners at home, feel free to use that the next time you're sexting somebody. <laughs> oh my god. Up, says, oh yeah, daddy she, likes I thought that. she was wet before, and then I said, <laughs> and everything changed. <laughs> 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 
God fucking damn it. Mythical hero Nyoinyub. Oh. Dude, he's a legendary hero. He That's saved why he's the in galaxy. Yeah, he was basically like, he basically held the road atlas while Lando drove. He's pretty important. <laughs> <laughs> he manned the GPS. Oh my god. Holy shit. He, he provided the snacks, alright? <laughs> alright. My seething rage is at the end. There are, are there any others that you guys want to quick throw in? Just rapid fire, throw out the names and be like, "This is why I hate it." Um, Lego Fortnite. It's not what I play Lego games for. If I wanted to play Minecraft, I'd play Minecraft. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair. I I'm mid on. I'm middling on Lego Fortnite. Like it's got some uh, its own ideas, but mm. uh, The Last of Us. Whoa! I'm kidding, Whoa! I'm kidding! I'm kidding! I'm kidding! I've never played The Last of Us. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive. Uh, Whoa! I'm gonna dive through my computer screen right now. Throw I, you into my chair and just put on The Last I, of Us. Uh, Kingdom Hearts? No. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that. Screech does not go well for recording. Screech is my favorite character from Saved by the Bell. Um, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I tried to play The Last of Us, but I, uh, I, I can't see in dark pictures. Like, like if I play a game and the game is too dark, I just can't see. So I, I like struggled for like two hours, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna pass. So were you unable to play Kingdom Hearts because? Darkness. Well, it's I'm a sorry, fun podcast. I think. It's <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a horrible joke. <laughs> um, yeah, that I that is the end of my topic, and I think with the rage having left our bones a little bit, it might be time for a government love break. Government love break. sponsored by Nyonya. By no. Daddy Nyoinyub. Nope. By Daddy Nyoinyub. Nope. Alright, we'll be back, everybody. <laughs> Daddy Nyoinyub, friend of I... Big Nook. No! No! Nyoinyub is a legendary hero. He cannot be friends with Big Nook. That fucking rat. <coughs> he's not a rat, he's a raccoon. He's a rat. Ratoon. But you don't understand that rabbit is hot! Uh, what? Welcome back, gamers. <laughs> it's, it's even funnier this it's even funnier the second time. Oh shit. For the sake of uh for the no, sake of our it. listeners. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I promised him I would. I have I gotta oh. I have to. Uh, <laughs> no, but for the same, we were talking about uh, uh in, on our break, we were talking about uh, the people who are talking about like Rouge and X Men '97, how they're like, oh, she's not hot anymore, and we started talking about how um people said the same thing about Lola Bunny from like the Space Jam movie to like the new Space Jam movie, and people were like getting mad because the rabbit wasn't as hot as she was <laughs> before or some shit. 
That's what we were talking about. Uh, <laughs> Don't understand how it does the movie right. It's the plot. All right, I'm done. I, that's too far. Dude, I was straight jorking it. <laughs> jorking it, bro. Yeah, dude, I just was... jorked it again. When I, when I first watched fucking Space Jam, I was straight jorking it. <laughs> I wasn't. I was four. It was actually, but I was, but I was like next level, though, because I was only doing it. I was only doing it because of Daffy Duck. <laughs> what? I'm next level. <laughs> I'm built different. Or Granny. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. You know what the new Space Jam movie? She's in a Matrix parody? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Shit's oh. weird. Anyway, speaking of weird, that's a good transition. <laughs> uh yeah, speaking of weird, um uh for our final topic here, I'm going to be talking about uh Doctor Who again. Uh, because bef- uh, a couple weeks ago, I finished the second Doctor's era, so I felt like it would be nice to kind of go over it, uh, because like I said, I want to go over each of the Doctors individually as I get through them. Uh, it's going to probably be a while before I get to um, the third Doctor, because there's a lot of that, and uh, I don't have uh, the time. <laughs> but... Uh, before then, we can talk about the second Doctor, uh, who is one of my favorites now. Um, so yeah, we'll get into it. So where we last like left off, um, the first Doctor, who was like insane and boring, uh, he died of old age. Damn. But don't, but don't yeah. like the Doctors get like really, really old? Yeah, he was like hundreds of years old. If, oh, okay. What's really funny is if you tech is technically the doctor now who is like the young like uh, Niku Nikuti Gatua or whatever I can't pronounce his name right. Um, uh, it's, it's the fourteenth. Yeah, uh, the he's the fifteenth doctor, but he's technically older than William Hartnell, the first doctor, despite the fact that William Hartnell is an old guy in the sixties, and this is like uh, like. 30 tops guy in the 2020s. Um, and I just think that that's really funny because, like, technically, he technically the first doctor is the youngest the doctor has ever been, despite being an old man. Oh, yeah, because um, they technically like they're like reincarnation type deal, they just count that in yeah. on the like lifespan, yeah, so right? His, yeah, so when the doctor dies for whatever reason, uh, he regenerates into a new form, and that new form is the next actor who plays him. And in this case, it was Patrick Troughton. Uh, Patrick Troughton is, I believe, he was a, I believe he was a comedy actor for the most part before his, um, before he got his role on Doctor Who. Um, I actually did like a little bit of research into like his career uh, because I find him very interesting. Um, but yeah, the second Doctor, he is, um, <clears throat> he is. Uh, Definitely different from the first Doctor. So I guess I'll talk a bit about like him in general because I feel like I really want to stress how good he is as the Doctor because he is incredible uh, in the in the role. Like I feel like he he matches a lot of um, of Matt Smith's energy in a sense. So like if you liked Matt Smith's Doctor, he's kind of like a classic doctor who version of matt smith and i think that that's what 
kind of makes him so interesting. So like the first thing about him is that he's not very well kept. Like he does like the first doctor had like always had like his hair slicked back and he wears like a really like nice fitting suit and all that stuff. The second doctor he wear he wears the same actually ironically enough the same outfit which is very rare for doctors to do. But he wears basically the same outfit but it's super big on him. So like it's like he's very like uh it's like a very like scruffy look. Like he has a very scruffy look. He has very like unkempt hair and like he um uh you know, he's he's very like uh he's often described as a cosmic hobo is how he gets like it's his he's nickname like me for real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the the second doctor, I really like him because he is uh, a great example of like how the doctor can be both really funny and also like very like dark and like very uh intelligent as a person because the second doctor's like favorite strategy is playing an idiot so like he pretends to be like kind of a dumbass and then uh at the end he kind of reveals like hey i actually like completely destroyed your all your plans from the inside um and he does that like throughout a lot of his different stories um and i think that he brings a lot of energy that William Hartnell didn't bring. And I don't think William Hartnell's a bad actor. I do want to stress that. I think William Hartnell was good. But I feel like Patrick Trout just brings like a really nice energy. He's really good. His two the two best emotions that he can portray, like his his best uh his best emotions that he portrays are like pure joy and wonder and utter fear and terror. Those are he's so good at both of those emotions. Whenever there's a there's a scene where they land on a beach and he's just so happy to be on the beach. Like for no reason really. And he's like running around, he's like playing in the sand he's like playing in the sand in the ocean and he like yells to his companions, he's like, I need you to go get buckets. And they're like, Why, Doctor? Is something wrong? He's like, No, I want to build sand castles. <laughs> and it's just like he has like such a like he has such a charm to him when he does that. But then he also sells fear really well, like um, in his last story, which I'm going to talk a little bit more about later, called The War Games. Um, there's a part where he has to call the Time Lords and he really doesn't want to do that. Um, and like you can see him like when he talks, he's like, no, trust me, it's not going to be good. Like this is this is not funny. And like everybody's like, no, it's no big deal. Like they're just like you. Right. And like you can see it like in his face, like he's really good at just portraying like. This is not, this is going to be like really bad for all of us. Like, we're going to be in a lot of fucking trouble. Like, this is real bad. Um, and I think that that's what he does really well. And that's what I really, really like about him. Um, and he's just like, I don't know, it's just energy that like isn't there with the first doctor. And honestly, has from like the little I've seen, isn't as much there in the third doctor either. Like, it's just something about him where he has this unique energy that just works so well. Um, and since he's a younger guy, he doesn't put as much reliance on doing things, uh, on having his companions do things. Cause if you remember the first doctor being so old, he had to like, uh, he had to basically like, like his companions were doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, Patrick Trown being younger, he actually like is more physical as the doctor than other ones, uh, than the first doctor was. And I think that that's kind of, uh, another strength that he has, but, uh, uh, he also has like a couple funny quirks. Like he plays the recorder sometimes. He just busts out a recorder. Oh, playing hot cross buns. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, the one thing though, <laughs> really and I do uh, the one, the one thing that I do that is ridiculous about him though is when he first appears, right? So like the first doctor just regenerates, he gets up, and everybody's like, "Are you still the doctor?" And for some reason, for not really any reason, he just like refuses to tell them whether or not he's still the doctor, or he's like, "What happened?" Like, he's just, like, super vague about it for no real reason. It's really weird. I'm just like, just tell them what happened. Because, like, you know what happened. Just explain it to them. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's not bad. I, I like uh, I like Patrick Travis. Uh, but let's oh, talk yeah. about his companions real quick. Because he's the first one to have, like, actual good companions. Because, like, the first one, he was, like, going through companions left and right. And, like, they were all over the fucking place. Here, he actually has, like, some companions that basically stay with him throughout his entire run. Um, So first, when he first awakens, he has Ben and Polly, which, if you remember, Ben and Polly were first Doctor companions towards the end, but, like, a lot of their stories were lost. Well, guess what? It hasn't changed. A lot of their stories are still lost. So they travel with the second Doctor for a little bit. Um, They're still the same people that they were. I think Polly and Ben just go back to their time. Like, they just decide to leave. So, there's not much to them. But let's talk about the big one. Uh, we're talking about Scotland. Scotland! It's a great country. Yeah. Yeah, so Scotland produces the um, longest-running companion for the second Doctor, Jamie McCrimmon. Uh, Jamie McCrimmon is a, is a fucking Highlander. So, like, they go to the past in one episode, and they basically, uh, this Highlander kid named Jamie McCribbin, uh, McCribbin, he joins them. So, he is from the past. Uh, he's always wearing a kilt. He's very fashionable. Um, and he's just great, because he's, like, the most Scottish, Scottish guy ever. Like, he, he has a very thick Scottish accent, and, like, they don't try to hide it at all. Um... And he's just like a great character because he's he's just this like really brave kid, but he's kind of he's kind of a an idiot sometimes. He's very himbo esque, if you will. Um, but he's he's like really uh, he's got this like really like this childlike wonder to him, uh, where he's like very amazed by things in the future, even things that are modern day, like you know, like uh, payphones and shit, like uh. He he's very, he's this very great wonder about him. That's great. He also uh really hates Englishmen, but like Thanks. when they're dressed like revolutionary, like like there's this one episode where he spots like a revolutionary war looking Englishman soldier, and he just immediately knife. He just immediately tries to knife him. Like he just oh. immediately <laughs> pulls out a knife and tries to knife this guy. Thanks. Yeah, Jamie McCribbin doesn't fuck around. <laughs> whenever he, whenever he goes into battle. He runs at them and yells, I swear to God, I don't know what he's actually saying, but it sounds like he's saying Krakatoa. Like, like fucking <laughs> like Squidward. Squidward. <laughs> yeah, like Squidward. It sounds like he says Krakatoa, and every time I see it, I, it always makes me laugh. But he just charges in yelling Krakatoa. He's like, Krakatoa! And fucking tries to stab this dude. It's so good. Um, he's, he's basically, him and, and the doctor are like college friends, basically. Like, the way they act, they act like college buddies, where, like, whenever a new person comes along, they're just like, yeah, this is me and my boy Jamie. It's like, it's like, they're just like yeah, this is me and my boy Jamie. My boy Jamie. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Jamie McCribbin. Uh, and then they get joined eventually by a Victorian-era orphan named Victoria Waterfield, 
Um, Victoria Waterfield is a very generic 60s damsel in distress. Um, but she is not the worst at it because she's very sweet. Like, she's a very adorable girl and she's very sweet. So, like, you really want to see her, like, be safe and stuff. Like, you really want to see, like, the doctor, like... I feel like the problem with Victoria Waterfield is there's a lot of moments where, like, they have to save her. But they never give her moments where he shows her, like, the wonderful parts of their travel. And I feel like that's the one thing that kind of hampers Victoria Waterfield. Um, but she is, like, a very sweet uh, girl. And, like, you, they, they have a lot of good scenes. Like, there's one scene where, like, the doctor uh, asks her, like, are you sure you want to keep traveling with me? Because, like, it's going to keep being dangerous like this. And it's, like, a really good conversation that they have. And I really, I really like that uh, a lot. Um, Victoria eventually, like, just decides to leave along the way. Um, oh shit! She's and just, she eventually just done with it. Yeah, I think she just decides that like the danger isn't for her anymore, and she just leaves. Um, on an episode where like they're fighting seaweed monsters on an oil rig. <laughs> um, oh, Doctor oh, Who's okay. weird sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then um, uh, the last one. There's not many companions. The last companion is a future, like from the future. It's a woman named Zoe Harriet or Harriet Harriet um zoe is uh like you said from the future she's very smart so like she often like involved like is in tech like does techno babble stuff with the doctor and often has to explain future concepts to jamie um she's all right uh i don't hate her but she's basically just kind of like victoria waterfield but they took some of like the sweet innocence and turned it into techno babble <laughs> like so it's like she's still kind of nice and kind of sweet, but she's got a lot more like techno babble stuff that she likes to spit. Um, the quantum yeah, radiator not, facility. Yeah, she's not bad though. Like I don't, I don't have any uh, any real complaints about her, and I think that's the big thing is like the companions. I never, I didn't get annoyed by any of them, even the ones that like I weren't like massive fans of, like Zoe. I didn't hate them, and I like actually kind of uh, enjoyed their time. I actually really liked Jamie. Um, like the more I think about it, the more I liked Jamie, um, as a companion, cause he just worked really well with the doctor. Um, but yeah, so one thing about this era too, that I think is really interesting as I like start to talk a little bit about some of the episodes off the top of my head that I really like, um, is, uh, I just lost it. Hold on. Just give me a second. It's going to come back to me. <laughs> okay, it's um it there it ago. is. Uh yeah, so yeah, this was actually quite a bit ago. No, but um the thing that uh I wanted to express is that there's a very interesting air to this uh season that I feel like wasn't there with the first season. Uh and that's this real this like kind of feeling like the doctor is running from something. Oh, he's just fleeing. Yeah, so like yeah, so, like, there's, like, he, he has this, like, very, he, ambivalence is probably the best word I can think of, but, like, you have this, like, feeling, like, he doesn't like getting involved in saving people, um, like, he, he does it because he feels like he has to, but it's, like, something that, like, he, he's not ready to, like, jump into because he knows he's not supposed to, because Time Lord Law, he's not supposed to, technically, so, like, there's a lot of, like, um, it's really interesting, like, this this kind of, like, this kind of, like, looming threat almost, it feels like, is hanging over, like, his entire, like, it always feels like he he's running from something, or, like, 
He's he doesn't like rocking the boat, basically, uh, unless he feels like people are in danger and he has to. And I feel like that's uh, a thing that is very interesting. Like it is very interesting. Like if you just jump straight from watching like new Doctor Who stuff to this, you're gonna be very confused by the fact that he's not the first on board to like help people. Like he's like he's kind of like okay, well let's see what's going on first. Like before we start like messing with shit, like we're not gonna start like jumping straight into like the like intense end of things. Yeah, let's find out before we fuck around. Actually, guys. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So yeah, so uh, some of his episodes, like the ones that stick out off the top of my head that I remember is uh, his uh, his first story is a Dalek story, um, and that's the one where he meets Victoria. Uh, there's nothing like crazy. Well, it's not his first story, but it's one of his first stories. Excuse me. One of his first stories is this one. Like there's nothing like crazy about this story but i think that the second doctor definitely sells like the fear of the daleks that he has um and i think that that's like that's that's done really well but i think the two episodes that i like the most like when i think back on this era there's two that i think of and the first is called the enemy of the world and the enemy of the world is basically they land on earth right and earth is like divided into sectors basically like like a europe sector and like a a north america sector and it's because like a lot of like uh natural disasters keep happening or whatever and the entire world is ruled by this guy i'm forgetting his name off the top of my head but the notable thing about this guy is he's played by patrick troughton oh so it's an evil his name is salamander uh, Salamander is like a politician who wants to rule the world. Like that's his big thing. He's like an evil politician, uh, and he looks just like the Doctor. And so Patrick Troughton plays two roles in this episode, where he plays the villain and he plays the Doctor, and it's done like exceptionally well. Like it's very, very good. Like he, they feel like two distinct characters, um, and it's just like everything about this episode. I think just kind of like everything about these episodes. I think just kind of work. Like the twist is 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 interesting. Like Salamander is controlling the um, volcanoes that are like causing these natural disasters. Um and then on the doctor side, the doctor is basically kind of strong armed into having to pretend to be Salamander in order to sneak in and like reveal his secrets or whatever. So there's a lot of like espionage stuff going on and a lot of like different uh things that are happening in uh that are going on throughout this story and the story is just like it's just overall like a really uh strong example of patrick Troughton and why he works as an actor and it's also just like a really vivid world that they build in the six episodes that is that serial um and at the end of that serial um they're about to get hit by lava like the tardis is about to get hit by lava so they have to basically press an emergency switch that teleports them outside of time and the only reason i want to mention this this episode and i'm not going to linger on it too much but i want to mention it because of one part right so they're basically in a world where like magic exists kind of because like they're outside of reality or something and jamie tries to stab an englishman and he gets frozen right so he gets like frozen 
and turned into like a cardboard cutout of himself. So then the doctor finds him, and you see the cardboard cutout, but there's no face on it, right? And the this like evil voice is like, all right, doctor, you have to reassemble Jamie's face, right? Like, reassemble Jamie. And the doctor does it, but he does it wrong. And then for the rest of the episode, Jamie's played by a different actor. Oh, shit. Because Jamie just fun. comes back looking different. And, and, I'm, and I, I had, like, so many things to think about, right? Like, like, one, you've been traveling with this guy for fucking, like, so long. How did you forget what he looked like? Because the way you, because the new guy doesn't look anything like him. Like, it's not even close. Like, how did you forget what he looked like? Maybe the doctor's face blindness. You don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It was really weird. But uh, it turns out it's because the actor who played Jamie got chicken pox. So they had to replace him for one episode. But yeah, it's very odd. Um, Eventually, he gets refrozen and they fix his face and he becomes the original Jamie again. Uh, it's really, it's really weird, but I think it's so funny that he forgets what his friend looks like after all this time. Uh, and then another one of my favorite episodes that I think is, uh, that is also leads well into like the end of his era is, um, the fine, his final serial, which is the 10 part war games. Um, war games is basically the doctor and, and like his, his crew at this point, which is Zoe and Jamie, they land in no man's land in world war one. Like they literally land in no man's land. And through this story, they basically kind of get sucked into this weird, like they're, they get sucked into this weird conspiracy where basically this large landmass, I don't think it's a full planet, but like basically like a continent sized landmass is split into sectors. And each sector is a different war. So, like, World War I is one sector, the Civil War is another sector, and, like, um, a whole bunch of, like, different, like, wars are in these, like, different sectors or whatever, right? And, uh, like, as these, these wars are going on, he's trying to figure out, like, who's orchestrating these war, these war games, get it? Wink. Um, that, that like... <laughs> are like dividing these sections because like people within these sections don't know why they're fighting. They just know that they're fighting the war that they were conscripted to fight or whatever. They're like, yeah, I was fighting world war one. Although I don't remember why I'm here or why this is happening or what's going on. Really. I just know that I'm fighting, you know, the Germans or whatever. And it's like this whole conspiracy that you find out is actually, uh, at the hands of another rogue time Lord who is called something. I don't remember. He's not the master, but he you, you would argue that he probably seems like it. Um, but he is like uh the I think he's called the warmonger. I think that's what it is. Like but from yeah, the, Iron Man. Sure, yeah, Iron Monger. Uh, Killmonger? But um like that guy from but yeah, Black the Panther? guy but the guy from Iron Man, uh he is like basically what he's doing is he's using his TARDIS to go into these war zones, picking the best soldiers and using them to basically build an army that he's going to use to conquer the galaxy, which I don't know how smart that is. Cause they're all like revolutionary war soldiers, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, and it's like this very, like, it's a very like intense epic, sometimes a little bit boring, but mostly epic 
um trip through like these different as like the doctor and them like try to uncover like all the things that are going on in these different uh, in these different zones um there's really awkward one where the confederate soldiers show up that's really uncomfortable uh <laughs> that it's really weird when you see a black union soldier get like uh and like the companions get shot at by confederate soldiers and you're just like oh no Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, you're just like, oh no. I don't I don't really And then like there's this like weird part where for a second I thought they were gonna try to make it seem like the Confederates were the good guys because the Confederate soldiers were being really nice and I was like, oh no. Oh no. And then like two scenes later they just immediately go, actually you know what? I think we're just gonna execute innocent people. And it's like, oh okay, cool. Okay. Phew. I was I was I was worried that they were good people for a second. <laughs> I was worried about where they were going with this actually. I really was. I was like, "Oh my god, where are they going with this?" But um what the one thing that I really like about this is the ending. So like at the end of the episode, uh everybody like all these people are like taken out of their time, so like these war zones are like are just like hundreds of people that were taken from their time and it's like fucking with everything. Um and the doctor's like, "I don't know how I can fix this. Like like this is a lot of work to fix this." Uh, and I think we're going to have to call the Time Lord. And that's where like he feels like really scared and he like doesn't want to do it. But eventually he realizes he has no choice and he calls the Time Lord. So this is the first time you see the species that the Doctor is. Um, and they are basically godlike in this episode, which is very different from how they'll be portrayed later. But they are very godlike in the sense that basically within the snap of their fingers, everybody goes back to their proper times. Um, and the doctor and his companions basically get um, impounded in, on Gallifrey, which is their home planet. So, like, they can't leave. Like, there's a part where they try to escape in the TARDIS, and the TARDIS literally won't start. Because the Time Lord shut it off, basically. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, so, like, they very, have him, like... Very godlike beings. Yeah, they're, like, godlike beings. So, like, they basically put the doctor on trial for interfering with time, which is something they're not supposed to do because the doctor has been running around in all these adventures interfering with time. Um, and the doctor has this great speech, which he's the first doctor to have like a, a really good speech in my opinion. Uh, but his, he does this speech where he's just like, yeah, I did interfere, but like, look at all this shit. Like look at Daleks and Cybermen and look at these like fucking monsters. Like look at the shit I was dealing with. Of course I had to help these people. Like, look at all these fucking things. Um, and in the end, the oh, the Time Lords basically just go, nah, go fuck yourself. Why the fuck did it die? Nick, Nick, you good? Nick? Uh, there we go. My headphone decided it wanted to perish, even though it was fully charged in these last, like, six hours. Good? Yeah. I'm back. Can you oh, hear okay, me? Cool. Back. Yeah, we're good. It was I was worried about you for a second there. Yeah, it was, it, I didn't I wasn't even getting like it my headphone was dying noises. It was just uh boom. I was like, oh no, I can't hear anything. <laughs> yeah. Well basically what I was saying, uh, and I'm I'm about to wrap up here, so don't 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 worry. Um is basically the, the time would say like they basically say no go fuck yourself um 
and they say, all right, well, you're going to get punished because like um, sucks to suck, basically. And what they do is they send Jamie and Zoe back to their own time and erase their memory of the doctor. Oh, what? Yeah. So they're like, listen, these people aren't supposed to know about the future or the past. And like you made them. So he's like, say goodbye. And so he has to reluctantly say goodbye to Jamie and them. He's just like, all right, we took them back to the moment where they left with you. Uh, they don't remember you. They don't remember any of your adventures now. Fuck. Uh, and you get scenes of Jamie, like, uh, like he basically like wakes up in like the Highlands or whatever. He's like, huh, I wonder what that was all about. Like, and then he just goes back to his stuff. And like, Zoe's just like, huh, I wonder why I must have spaced out for a minute. And they don't remember any of their adventures with the doctor. Damn. Yeah. It always makes me sad. Yeah. It's really like, it was the first time that a companion actually had an emotional exit. Like normally their exits are just like, I've decided I don't want to hang out anymore. Like, (laughs) Like, actually this is spooky. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. But this was like the first time they actually had like a kind of emotional, like send off. So then, uh, the second doctor, uh, he gets his sentence from the time Lord. He will be forced to regenerate once. And he will basically be impounded on Earth because the Time Lords were like, since you like Earth so much, why don't you just fucking stay there, bitch? Um, so what they do is they force him to regenerate and then they just uh, basically put the equivalent of a boot on a car on the TARDIS where it won't tra- travel through time and space anymore. It just kind of is a box. And they Damn. send him to Earth where he will now be stuck on Earth. Um with a which is where like the third doctor era picks up um when he's about to get regenerated they're like we're nice we'll let you pick what you look like and they're showing him faces on a screen and i swear to god the second doctor is just sitting there being like no that guy's fucking ugly i don't want to be that guy and they're like what about this guy and he's like no look at that guy's fucking nose that guy looks like a fucking dork i don't want to be that guy and he's like sitting there, like refusing to pick any of these faces. He's like, no, look at that guy's fucking eyes. They're ugly. I don't want to be these people. <laughs> like, he's like trying to, like, I don't know, delay them maybe or something. But he's just like, no, 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 I, don't, I can't be these people. And then eventually the time we were to go, all right, fuck it. We're just going to pick John Petterwee, like this British actor. You're just going to be this guy. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to choose anymore. Yeah, they're like, all right, we don't got time for this. Like, let's go. And then they, he gets forcefully regenerated and he literally. It, normally, like, doctors, like, last moments are kind of heroic, but his last ones are literally him s- screaming, no, don't. Like, stop. Like, because he doesn't want to be regenerated. Damn. And it's, yeah, he, he is forced to regenerate. And um, where the third doctor picks up is the TARDIS materializes on Earth, and the third doctor, the now third doctor, falls out of it. So the second doctor ceases to exist. Um. Yeah, it's kind of a dark ending, but I think it's real good. Um, I think the second Doctor's era is one of my favorites. It's so fucking good. I love the fact that uh, I love everything about it. Like, I just feel like it's such a a good era of Doctor Who, and it's kind of made me realize that maybe classic Doctor Who doesn't have to be boring. Um, I just enjoyed a whole lot of it um i think if i could say one thing um to wrap up here is i think it's a shame that a lot of the episodes are missing Uh, i think it's a shame that a lot of episodes don't exist like i didn't get to watch jamie's first story because it's missing 
Um, a lot of them have animated recreations, and I like the animated recreations, but it does make me sad that we don't get to see as much of the physical acting that that Patrick Troughton is so good at. I think it's a it's a damn shame that these episodes were lost because I think that this is, um, this is genuinely some really really good content. So that's kind of what I have to say about that. Uh, big fan of the second. There you go. Yeah, sounds like a tragedy. Honestly, like. I I haven't watched a ton of Doctor Who. I don't know like a ton about it, but like overall that damn, I kind of want to go watch that specific doctor. It's it's Make free on Tubi. Things. It's free on Tubi. Noted, noted. And that's not like that's not me. That's not a pirating site either. Before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. the way I made that sound. It sounds like it's a pirating site. It's actually not. It's actually a real streaming service. It's free. It's, free uh, it's called Tubi. Movies.com. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like it, it's actually like it's one hundred percent free. Like there's ads, but they're not. But yeah, it's 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 good. I I love it. I like it. Hell yeah! Oh, now that I'm a little bit sad. Yeah. Now it's time for us to be forcefully regenerated out of this podcast. No. But I've been Nick. I've been Drew. And I've been Tyler. Good night, everybody! Don't Bye. forget to polish your government love bot. And we love you. Krakatoa. <laughs> Krakatoa! Man, that rabbit lady. <laughs>